All right, well, just before we begin, why don't we just take a moment and we'll pray. And for those watching online and on YouTube, you might have missed um, what was just shared during our worship time. And so we had three different things that were shared, and John just shared um, about when Jesus turned water into wine, and Graham just shared from 1 Timothy about just how thankful uh, that merciful Jesus is that he saves us, and we were just thinking about that, and Rebecca just shared that picture, um, really, of people kind of going through a valley or whatever, but just encountering God, and so I just want to pray into that, and so if you're here at Clark Street, um, and those online just think there's a lot in what was just shared, so before I go on, I just want to pray into that, and I just got a sense, and even as we worship in um, you know what? I think, I don't know if I'm, I'll make a generalization, but I think many of us can feel like the, uh, the jar that's full of water and we're not seeing or not feeling that we're, <laughs> that the new wine <laughs> is here. And so I just want to pray into that. So if that's you, sometimes we respond at the end. We're going to start responding right at the beginning. Um, so if that's you, I'm just going to put my hands out, and it just represents God. We just need you. We need to encounter you, and that, Lord, we're feeling probably more like we're water and not wine, and we need some new wine of your Holy Spirit. So I just want to lead into that. So, Lord, we just come, and we just so, Lord, are grateful that we can be honest before you. Lord, you know our hearts anyways, God, but we can just acknowledge what we're thinking and feeling, and God, for many of us today, Lord, we can feel dry. Lord, we can feel like, Lord, we feel more like water than your new wine. And so, Lord, we just say, God, we just make ourselves available. God, just as those servants were obedient, and Jesus, we want to have a willing heart to say, as the Father said, whatever Jesus says to do, do. And so we just come before, and Lord, we're thankful for what you've done in the past, Lord. We thank you. God, but Lord, we just say, Lord, we need that new wine, Lord. We need a fresh encounter with you, Lord. That's our heart, Lord. We want our friends and family, Lord, our community to encounter you and to know you, Lord. We want many people to come like Graham and just be able to share and say, Jesus, we're so glad that you've been so merciful. Look what you saved us from. And so, Lord, we pray for that today, God. And we just pray, Lord, as we open up your word, come and speak afresh to us, God. Come, waken our hearts. Lord, lift our heads. God, come, Spirit of the living God. We pray for new wine even this morning. God, in the midst of restrictions and everything, Lord, we pray, Lord, there's no barrier for you, Lord. You can work, you can change a heart, you can fill, you can encounter your people. So God, that's our heart here this morning. God, come, Lord Jesus, have your way. Lord, speak. Lord, give us willing hearts, Lord. We pray for, as we're feeling pressed and trampled down, Lord, that God, you would use that, Lord to produce your fruit for your glory, God, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, thank you. Well, once again, we do welcome everyone, and my name's Joe Kremi. I'm going to be speaking um, today, and this is kind of part two of a message that we started two weeks ago on September 19th, and I'll just encourage you again, you can go to uh, ChristCentral.ca if you didn't hear that message to our YouTube channel, and I really appreciate if you could take the time to hear that, because we're believing God's speaking to us as a church, and how do we respond to that? And this is part two. And two weeks ago, we looked from Acts 16, 5, and this one verse, I think, highlights a lot of things that God wants to say to us. And so we read this. So the churches were strengthened in the faith, 
and grew daily in numbers. And we're using sort of two words to summarize that. And last week or two weeks ago, we talked about how God is strengthening us, that we want to be strengthened in the faith. And today we're going to talk more about being lengthened. And we just, as a quick review, God wants to help us individually and together as a church, as Jesus followers, to make decisions and to create habits and patterns and practices and choices and pathways that allow us to be formed in the image of Jesus. Because whether we realize or not, we're all being formed by someone or something. We're all being formed into something. We want to be formed to be more like Jesus. We talked about our roots going deep in Jesus so that as we can grow and as we persevere through hardships and trials and pain and suffering and even how to deal with success, that all of that is forming us to be more like Jesus, to God's glory and to the good of those around us. And so I want to thank everyone for the feedback, really encouraging feedback from that message. Many of you messaged, and many of you had pictures and different things. And so I'm just going to ask Jerusha to come. And Jerusha had one of those things. We just didn't have time to include everybody, but I thought one thing she shared kind of helps uh, bring a great picture of the things we were talking about. So Jerusha, thank you. I'll have you share. So when Joe was speaking last time, I had this picture of a potted plant that needed room to go, like it needed sunlight, and it needed a bigger pot and some water. And when plants kind of wither, you kind of have to fix it. So it needed to be uprooted. And I thought sometimes we're like plants like that. Um, we can hold on to things that aren't healthy for us just because we don't want to, you know, make the changes. Um, and we're just comfortable with the way things are, so we just don't do anything at all. And like these plants, like we personally can start to wither and then all that's left is dead, dried up leaves and soil. So I don't really know much about plants. I have a black thumb, actually. I don't try not to touch them because they'll die. <laughs> <laughs> but I know that the roots of the plant are what gives the plant life. So if the pot is, or the plant is firmly potted and planted, then the healthy roots will make the plant thrive. So um, if they're all like, stuck in a small pot, they get all like bent and twisted up and kind of hard and stuff and there's nowhere for them to go. So they die. So if you're unlike me, if you want to fix your plant, instead of just being like, ah, toss it in the garbage, <laughs> then you would get a bigger plant, you'd get more soil, you'd do all sorts of things, and you'd stick your, you'd like take the thing out and you could see it's all kind of like this hard shape. And then you'd have to like stick your hand up in there and like you know, get the roots to come back to life and kind of do things. And it's really, really messy. And I just had like that picture of like that, you know, sticking your hands in and kind of like messing things up and then sticking it back in. And um, I lost my spot. Joe kindly printed this off so I wouldn't forget what I said. <laughs> um, yeah, so tucking at the roots so they would have somewhere to go. It's necessary to do that kind of tugging and fixing for the plants to continue to grow and have life. And I think that we're like that too, because when we uproot things in our life that aren't healthy for us, it's really messy and it really hurts. But when we do that, it allows our roots to grow deeper in Christ. And so our tangled roots will get rearranged and sorted out so there's room for us to grow. So that's, that's right. it. That's great, Trusha. Thank you. So another just helpful picture of some of the things we've been talking about. God just wants to if our growth is stunted, if there's obstacles and things that are preventing our roots from growing and going even deeper, God does the messy work of digging things up. And it is messy, and sometimes it's painful, and we don't always enjoy it. But that's what 
God is doing, and we believe that's what God's doing in our own lives and in us as a church family. And we talked about last time, different pictures about upgrade and how God wants to upgrade so that he can send his power, that God can, all the things that God wants to do, that we're going to be in a better place to receive that and to be able to be a conduit for it. So today, lengthen. So the churches grew daily in numbers. There was a lengthening. There was a growth. There was an expansion. There was a multiplication of people coming and following Jesus. And the book of Acts is this whole story, and it's more than just a story. It's a model, and it gives patterns and principles of the earlier followers of Jesus obeying Jesus' instructions and commands and examples, because they had encountered Jesus, who was God in the flesh, that Jesus had come from heaven and had been on planet earth, and he brought God's kingdom with him. He declared God's kingdom. If you remember, he's saying the kingdom of God is here, and he demonstrated the kingdom of God. He brought freedom, and he brought justice, and he brought healing, and he brought heaven to earth, and he trained his followers, and he returned after his death and resurrection, his ascension. He trained his followers. He said, wait until the Holy Spirit has come upon you, my power is going to come upon you, and then I want you to go and live and train and bring my kingdom everywhere you go. And that's why Acts is so exciting. You can see the kingdom of God going forth. And these were Jesus' last words to his disciples, and we'll have them up on the screen from Matthew 28, 18 to 20. Just as Jesus was returning to heaven, it says, Jesus came to them as disciples and said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching or training them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And as we've been going through the book of Acts, we see they waited for the Holy Spirit, the helper to empower them. And then they went, and as Jesus said, they went locally, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and now we're starting to see them going to the ends of the earth because Jesus is with them. And even through persecution and even through all kinds of different things, there is growth. They're lengthening as the kingdom of God advances. Now, folks, what I'm about to say, I'm prefacing this very carefully, okay? And so for those listening online, those here, I have to be very careful how I say this, and I hope you hear my heart and God's heart in this. <clears throat> because the last thing I want to do, I don't want to be judgmental, condemning, or any of those things. However, just being brutally honest, I think we can say that in the last number of years, we have not seen the lengthening in our church that we desire to see with as pure heart and motives as we can before God. So please hear me. We're not all about numbers and sort of worldly success. We're not trying to build something big just for our name or for our to be proud of in the wrong sort of way. So let me preface, say this. God looks at the heart and God has a different sort of metric or things he, God uses to talk about lengthening. So I want to focus on that for a moment. That isn't as a worldly, all about numbers. So it's not a business. 
God looks at our heart, and when we grow in love, and we grow in the fruit of the Spirit, and in patience, and serving others, and when we grow in character, and God changes our motives from selfish to serving, and our lifestyle lines up with Jesus, and we're obedient to Jesus, God knows and sees that, and folks, that is lengthening, and that's really important, and praise God that that's what we believe God is doing in this strengthening and lengthening, and can I just say this? God values perseverance and commitment. God values that sometimes our sacrifice of praise is just showing up. So sometimes just showing up is bringing our worship to God. And God honors that, and God sees that. And sometimes we come, and we, this is you're saying, God, I come as a broken jar. God, I come, I don't even feel like I've got any water, let alone new wine. And God values us coming and saying, God, you're worthy to be praised whether I feel it or not. You're worthy to be praised, just as we we're singing this morning. Are you worthy? Yes, you are. And I'm going to bring a sacrifice of praise, and sometimes I just come, and Lord, all I can do is just come before you and say, God, you are worthy. Folks, that, God loves that. And God sees our heart. And when we serve, and when we sow, God uses all of that, and sometimes we won't even see the end results of how God has been using us. And so we want to have a heavenly, eternal perspective. So I hope you hear me on this. I hope you hear that. However, it's also okay to stop and reflect and to ask some questions and just to say, as a church, are we missing something? <laughs> Am I missing something? So it's good to be humble and not just kind of go through life without sometimes stopping and reflecting and saying, okay, Jesus, we see in the book of Acts and we see other parts of the world, like there are people coming to know you who are being baptized and trained and, and we just haven't seen that. So as much as we're going to be, keep going and we want to be faithful and it's not about sort of results, at the same time, Lord, are we missing something? And if so, we want to be aware so that we can make some changes. And so here's some observations, and maybe this applies to you, maybe applies to me, maybe applies to us as a church, as a church as a whole, I'll just say maybe in North America. But as I was saying with the strength in part in the last couple of years, I've been wrestling through some of these things, and I've been wrestling through some of these things for the length in part as well. And my preface is this. When we think about the kingdom of God, there's this great tension of we need God's spirit and we have to do our part. And so if you think picture of a sailboat, we want to do our part to have the sails up, but we need the wind of the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit goes wherever the Holy Spirit wants to go. We, but we want to do our part to have our sails up. And here's some reasons that I think maybe we haven't been lengthening as much, and this applies to us, and I think to the church, I'll just say in Canada. So you ready? So here are some of the things that I believe that maybe prevent us from lengthening, if I can put it that way. Number one, our belief system. So Alpha Canada, and many of you know about Alpha, and so Alpha Canada is, uh, had polled and did a survey in the past year of 2,700 church leaders from across denominations 
and Alpha Canada has realized some of the things I'm saying, they're realizing the church isn't really growing in Canada and they're very concerned and so they're digging in to find out why maybe some of these things happening. And in this survey, this is what they found, that 48% of Christian leaders in church ministries who work with youth and children think it is wrong to share our faith with people of other beliefs. So 48% of the 2,700 leaders who were surveyed working with our youth and kids think it's wrong to share our faith. And if you think that's just for kids workers and all of that, 31% of the church leaders surveyed overall said it is wrong to share our faith with people of other beliefs. So whether you agree or disagree with that, you can see a cause and effect that if you think it's wrong to share your faith, you're probably not gonna share your faith. And then the consequent being, we're probably not gonna grow. <laughs> now, in saying that, we can understand and we're very sympathetic and empathetic that through the years, including today, many Christians have done an, a terrible job of sharing their faith. So forcing people and coercion and all of those things have left a terrible mark on the church. And I can understand, we can understand why Christian leaders are just saying, we're no, we don't want to repeat the past, so we're just not going to say anything. So we're sympathetic to that, we can understand. But we have to then line up with the great commission that Jesus has told us. And we have to work through, and we have to unpack that in our context in light of what Jesus has done for us. That's a whole thing. Second one, busyness, and this ties in with the message on strengthening. The reality is, as many of us are in survival mode and exhausted and busy and maxed out, anything to do with seeming to share our faith just seems like an extra burden. <laughs> and we just can't, like, I can't add one more thing to my life right now. And so we have this view that it's an extra thing and it's very low down on the priority scale. And we're just trying to get through, let alone... And so we're not even aware of opportunities or anything that God might be doing around us. C, third one, be nice. And this is, this creeps into our Christian church is that we, sometimes we think our goal is in sharing our faith is to be nice. Now, I'm not saying be a jerk. However, Jesus didn't say go and be nice. <laughs> so, Now, there's biblical words of being kind and all of those things. So, yes, there is a part of that. However, sometimes we just think my, my goal in life is to be nice, and hopefully people will ask me why I'm being nice, and then I can share I'm being nice because Jesus told me to be nice. And we realize a lot of times people don't ask us why we're nice, and we also find out maybe a lot of people who don't believe in Jesus are nicer than I am. <clears throat> and in our culture, it's very Canadian to be nice. So maybe we're actually being nice because we're more a maple leaf Canadian than we are because Jesus and his Holy Spirit are helping us. You can disagree with me. We're, we're, I'm trying to provoke, get us thinking. D, or the fourth one, bystander. We talked about this last time too. A bystander is something happens and you just stand by because you think someone else who's more trained will be better equipped to do it. And so, our default in our thinking as Christians can be this. 
Someone else will share their faith because they're better at it than I am. So then we assume somebody else will do it and not me. So if I can get them to Mark or Joe or Jody, if I can get them to somebody who's good with, then they'll, they'll take, they'll do it. And we have no understanding that God wants to use me. And so our default can be this. Our default can be, okay, share my faith. This is what sometimes it boils down to is this. I'll, get them, I'll try to get them to church on Sunday morning. I'll try to get them to an alpha. And then this is the reality. I'll try to get them to somebody else. This is the reality. I'm doing well to get here on Sunday morning. I don't really know if any of my friends would actually like how we're doing what we're doing. So even though we might feel like we should invite people, most of the time, actually, we don't. That's just the brutal reality of it. Alpha's on Thursday night starting in September, October. I can't make Thursday night. I'll have to wait till January. January rolls around. It's Wednesday night in January. I can't do Wednesday night. I'll wait till spring. Oh, we're not doing an Alpha in spring. I'll wait till September. And we just never get around to it. And then the last one, I just put but, because you can go but, 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 but. I don't know how to share my faith. I'm fearful. We can come up with all kinds of different reasons, and legitimate reasons. And so maybe we, as leaders, haven't trained, equipped, modeled, prioritized. And folks, it's not just our church. And talking to many others and talking to those involved with Alpha Canon and ones who are across denominations. They're just saying, and Alpha's putting a big, a lot of research and equipping because they realize churches in Canada need to change both our mindset and our practices. And so Alpha's tagline right at the moment is, Jesus' last words, which we just read, become our first priority. This is all I really want to share this morning. This message is more, we're not going to figure it all out. I'm just trying to provoke a response to say, do you agree with some of these things? And maybe you don't, and maybe I'm way off base. You can tell me over the next couple of weeks. But we do believe God is revealing to us as a church areas individually and together that we need an upgrade, that we need to strengthen our roots, and we need to lengthen by God's grace. So what are some solutions and what are some of the answers? Well, I don't have them all, but, but I do believe the two are connected. So here's my rope. So this is our lengthen and strengthen, and I tried to find one that I could show the three strands. And if you took this rope and you pulled it apart and the three, you know it's going to be much weaker, right? But when you put them together, man, like it is strong. And here's what I want to point out, as I believe, and from God's word, our strengthen and our lengthen are totally intertwined. So the things I'm talking about over these last couple of weeks, they're not separate things. Actually, lengthen and strengthen are intertwined and the, with Jesus in the middle. 
So let me just flesh that out for a bit, but hopefully that rope gives you a bit of a picture. Here's what I mean. And as I was preparing this message, I had this phrase that kept going through my head, so I just put it down. And I believe it was the Holy Spirit just whispering, rest and go. And go and rest. (laughs) Rest and go. Go and rest. And what am I saying? As we strengthen, so when I'm talking about resting in God, I'm talking about Jesus saying, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Abide in me, remain in me, rest in me. And that's the strengthen part that we're talking about. And Mark's going through it. If we know our identity in Christ, if we know God's word is in us, if God's Holy Spirit is filling us, if we're spending time with God, if we're saying no to some other things in order to put ourselves in context where we can receive God speaking to us, where we can receive being filled with the Holy Spirit, where we cannot be distracted by different things, but we're going to say, God, I'm giving you some focus time. I'm making you a priority. God, I'm putting myself in a context where you can speak to me, where you can re- renew my mind, where your spirit can be living water flowing from my innermost being. As I begin to do patterns and create habits, and that becomes a priority, as you rest in Christ, and his word, and his spirit, and his heart begins to change your priorities. And as you begin to rest and marinate in Jesus, guess what? He's going to say, I want you to go into all the world and make disciples, baptizing them, training them, and remembering, I'm with you. Do you see how strengthening leads to lengthening? That is the fruit of God's Spirit. And folks, in our world today, being a witness is bringing into your context If you're growing in love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control, folks, that's a huge witness. That's different than being nice. Those who might be my perceived enemies, I'm growing in love. I'm growing in patience. I'm growing in self-control. I'm growing in gentleness. And somebody might just say, how are you keeping it all together in the midst of this chaos? Because I'm putting my roots and I'm spending time with Jesus. There's the open door. And folks, for some of us, We're going, 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 going all the time. And sometimes our doing and our going outpaces our resting and being in Christ. So I said last time, how can we have all these church leaders who love Jesus and they're doing all the stuff for Jesus, yet on the inside, they're completely falling apart. They're doing the going, but they're not resting in Jesus. And sometimes the Holy Spirit's saying, stop doing and going. Go and rest. Get renewed. Come before Jesus and say, Jesus, I'm empty. I'm spent. I need some new wine of your Holy Spirit. Because my doing, 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 going, 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 without you being the source is not going to last very long. 
Do you see how the two are intertwined with Jesus? As we're strengthened, he'll propel us to go. And if we're going and we're serving and we're pouring ourselves out, as Paul says, I'm like a drink offering, I'm being poured out. Well, we better be sticking close to Jesus to make sure he's sustaining us. Go, rest and go, go and rest. And if we do that, we avoid these two extremes. And I've seen this in Christian circles as well. We have to be really careful sometimes in our resting and our strengthening. We, we just isolate ourselves from the world. So you know what? I never lose my temper if I'm never around anyone who pushes my buttons. <laughs> so we can just like, I'm just going to rest and I'm going to be strengthened in God and I'm just going to cocoon and isolate myself so that no one bugs me. And then look at the fruit of the Spirit. No, we got to go. And I've seen people go and do, 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 do in their inner life just crumbles and you can't sustain it. The other thing I forgot to mention earlier is as we go, guess what? When you start to pray for people, when you start sharing about why Jesus is the center of your life, guess what? That grows your strengthening in Christ. And it's interesting, on the Alpha survey, of, in the same sort of survey, they said this, 73% of Christian teens, which I love this, report that sharing their faith positively impacts their own personal spiritual growth, and they are eager to share their faith again. Folks, there's something about the going that actually grows your faith. So, in closing, this is all I'm going to say. These are some of the things we're trying to reframe, and it's going to take some time. So this is some of the things we're going to be working on over the next few months. We want to help reframe, because this is kind of a bit more the Canadian culture language we're in, is this, do you go to church? That, that would be more of a Canadian way of saying, do you go to church? Let alone that people think church is the building and all of that stuff. We won't but do you go to church? When I think the biblical language is more like this. Are you being discipled? Are you making disciples? Do you see the difference in reframing that? Because in our Christian culture in Canada, it, it's become a lot more a consumer, spectator sport. Maybe even with good intentions. But it can be this. Yeah, I go to church. What does that actually mean? Yeah, I go to Wendy's, I go to McDonald's, I go to school, I go, a lot of things we go to. But this is a different question. Folks, individually and together, are we making disciples? Am I a disciple? Am I a follower? Am I an apprentice of Jesus? And am I making other apprentices of Jesus? Folks, that's a different way. We might actually mean the same thing and use a different language, but we can be totally worlds apart. So this is what I did, and this is where I realized I've got a problem. I'm a church leader, I'm a pastor, I'm a Christian, and folks, I wasn't living this. And so what I did to kind of as a kickstart, I took an eight-week eight course in the summer on discipleship and that online, where most of it was five minutes teaching and then 
you got a lot of homework to do because the homework is actually doing the stuff. So the homework was you need to spend an hour every day praying and the focus on the strength and, and then your homework was you got to be out among people and every week we want you praying for someone who's sick. Every week we want you... So it was a strengthen part and a lengthen part. Because I needed something, I needed the paddles on me to like kickstart that I got to get out of just the way I've been because I'm not, I don't feel I'm making disciples. So there's more to come on the strengthening and lengthening. I hope you hear my heart, and I hope you hear God's heart in this. This isn't, this isn't a beat down or to make anyone feel guilty or condemned. Not at all. This is a, hey, we're calling a timeout, and in the midst of a game and a battle, we're calling a timeout to say, we just need to reassess where, where are we all at, and are we actually doing the things that Jesus asks us to do? Are we strengthening our roots in him? Are we lengthening our cords? So this week, I'm going to put some things out for you to reflect on in your life groups and that. You're going to talk to me about these five Bs. Do we, do we agree with them? Do we not? Does it resonate? There might be other things. Take some time this week. Do some self-awareness. God, am I making disciples? Do I even know what that means? Have I been discipled? You can, you can reflect on, am I resting and going? Am I more go? Do I need to go and rest? And at minimum, this is what I want you to do. So if you're able, why don't you stand? And if you're online, why don't you stand? If you're able, we'll, we'll just wait one second. This is all I want you to do. If you're able to pray this, because this is the starting point. If any of those five B's resonate with you, maybe you're in the category of, I don't even believe it's right to share my faith. Who am I to tell someone else about Jesus? They have their own belief system. Okay, if that's you, we'll pray. Maybe you just realize, man, I am so busy. I don't even, I'm not even aware of maybe if God's tapping me on the shoulder saying, I want you to share, I want you to pray, I want you to... Maybe it's the bystander. I'm just like, man, if I can just get into something instead of God wants to use me. Maybe you're in one of the but, 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 but. You've got every excuse. Okay. Can we just come before God and just say, God, you know where I'm at, but God, start to change that's what we're going to pray. Lord, we just come before you. You know our hearts. Lord, you know our lives. We can't hide anything from you. But God, sometimes you just tap us on the shoulder and you make us aware. And God, humbly today, Lord, we just come and we just say, Lord, I might not even know where to start, but Lord, my prayer is this. And you can pray this prayer. You can whisper this. You can just speak it out, Lord. Begin to change me. Lord, change my heart.
Lord, change my mind, change my attitude, change my actions. Lord, it starts with you. Jesus, change me. Lord, I might care about others. Lord, change me that I might know, God, that you want to work in and through me. God, you're already at work. Your word says you're already drawing people. Your word says you desire that none should perish apart from Jesus. Your word says the harvests are plentiful, the workers are few. God, change my heart, change my attitude, change my viewpoint, change my belief system. Lord, fill me with your spirit. Give me your heart, give me your eyes. Lord, do a work in me. God, that I would strengthen my roots in you in order to to propel me into the nations. Lord, I pray, start now. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. All right, last thing we're going to do together, we're going to share in communion. And so you have been given, uh, hopefully, on your seat, um, the bread and the wine. So the little cup is there, and on the very top of it, it's a little bit tricky, but the bread is on the very top. There's kind of two little tabs, one for the bread on top and one for the drink, and if you're online, you can get your bread and juice or wine as well. And I'm going to read this. And this is from 1 Corinthians 11, 23 to 26, and Paul writes with some instructions. Thank you, Steve. Steve's over here if you didn't receive. And again, this is open for all Christians among us, and maybe you don't consider yourself a Christian yet, that's okay. You can just be with us, and you can observe what we do as we follow these instructions. Paul writes this, for I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And so, Lord Jesus, we thank you that your body was broken on the cross for our sins, that you paid the penalty, that you had this great substitution, that your blood was shed on the cross that satisfied the wrath of God for all the sin of humanity and that you made a way for us to have friendship with God. Lord, we are grateful. As Graham was saying earlier, Lord, sometimes we forget it, we don't realize, but Lord, the magnitude of the sacrifice, the magnitude of your love, demonstrate it. The magnitude of you reconciling us. And so we remember and we give thanks. So you can take the bread and together on your own, right where you are. You can take the bread and you can give thanks You can take the cup and you can give thanks online at home. You can do that as well. And we remember what the Lord has done and we remember that Jesus is coming again. So as you do that, Mark and the team are going to lead us in one final song.